Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the UI Breakfast Podcast. I'm your host, Jane Portman, and today our guest is the amazing Rafal Tamal, an awesome UI UX designer with huge experience with very large brands, and we're going to talk about working solo today. This episode is brought to you by Encrypt.me, their team's plan is the ideal VPN service for keeping your business secure. Keep your team safe with your own private servers, content filtering, and other key features. Sign up at encrypt.me slash uibreakfast and save 25% on your initial subscription. Hi, Rafal. Hi, Jane. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be back on your show. Yeah, I just looked back. We talked in 2017 and time flies, definitely. Yeah, yeah. A lot of things happened. A lot of things have changed since then. (laughs) Let's dive in into what has been going on in your business over the last few years and why the topic of working for yourself is so important. What drove you to thinking so? What experience? Yes. So a short story, 2019, we started. And before 2019, I was working as a solo freelancer. And I was kind of tired of being a solo freelancer. I had a feeling like I couldn't scale my freelancing. And, you know, a lot of thoughts and a lot of discussions with other designers. Everyone is kind of complaining about freelancing. It's not a good business to to be doing. It's not even like a business. It's just working for yourself. So I had a lot of thoughts and had discussions with my friends and we decided that why don't we just, you know, combine our businesses together, our solo businesses together and try to create an agency, a studio. Maybe we can attract bigger clients. We can work on more interesting projects, charge high prices as a team. So, so that's what we did uh, in the beginning of 2019. We started uh, Authentic design studio slash agency and there was five of us that we wanted to grow as, as a team grow as a company we wanted to you know do all those things as we were thinking so a part of our business was design agency we wanted to work on clients work on clients projects we attracted some very interesting clients like pat flynn smart passive income we work on some projects for nathan berry convert kit and even for Eric Reese, the, the founder of the Lean Startup Company. So there was a lot of things going on. We also had our community, which was like a membership, monthly membership that people paid to be in touch with us. And we were sharing some of the things we learned. The community was mostly for entrepreneurs, designers, developers, creative people like we are. So and we also started working on our own products, our own projects. So there was a lot of things going on. We started growing steady and pretty fast in the beginning of 2019 we got more projects we started hiring people we hired some developers designers started outsourcing projects managing and that's the time when i realized that now my work my daily work is more managing people looking into scoping projects talking to clients doing project management more than designing and I started really missing my work, designing work, the creative work. Uh, It hurt me every time I had to outsource a project. I had to give the project to another designer who would execute my ideas. And I had my own ideas. I I couldn't wait to, you know, I wanted to to put my hands in it and design it myself. So 
So in the end of 2019, I made a very hard decision to leave the company, to leave the agency, even though financially and the money would probably be better staying in the company, staying growing agency, of course. But, you know, as a creative person, as a designer, it just wouldn't work for me in the long term. And, and I decided to go back to my freelancing, redefine my freelancing, find a new way, how I can be happy running my solo freelancing business, but still be able to scale it and grow it, you know, in some sense. So that's, that's where I am right now. In 2020, in the beginning of 2020, I started, I went back to my freelancing, I redefined it, and now I'm going from there. I do admire your design work a lot because unlike so many people, your work makes a lot of business sense. But just like you said, you're not drifting towards a businessman. You're remaining an awesome designer, <laughs> which is a very precious thing. <laughs> Thank <I guess>. you. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think, you know, when I talk to other designers, a lot of us are designers because like at least me, like I went to design because I had this entrepreneurship in me. And designing, being a financier was the easiest thing, was the easiest business you could get in. Like, you don't need to buy any investments. You don't need to have, you know, an office. You can just work from home and you can start working with clients, start building a business. So a lot of us got into, into design probably because we had this entrepreneurism in us. And, you know, we think that after a while, like, we want to grow. We want to grow a bigger business. But then... I feel like there's, you know, a huge decision to make. What do we like more? Do we like designing more or do we like running a business more? And, you know, if you love entrepreneurship and you love doing business and you are okay to give up designing, give up updating your portfolio, showing off your work, all the stuff, then, you know, fine, go, go with an agency. But if you still love designing and if you still, you know, love creating work, doing all the creative work by yourself, I think it's it's okay to 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 be a freelancer. It's nothing wrong staying small, trying to build your own solo design studio. So this time when you came back to solo work, from my experience after a break, like when you come back to uh, freelance slash consulting work, it's almost like every comeback is stronger and more awesome, and you like you increase your rates and you figure out better ways of working for yourself. So right now you have a pretty unique setup. Can you let us know how that works uh, these days? Yeah. So when I went back to freelancing, one of the, the things was I wanted to fix everything I didn't like about my freelancing before. And I thought mm -hmm. instead of escaping that and, and trying to find different things, I, I can just fix it. I can, I can just work, you know, find a way to work in a different way, work on my own terms. And that finance doesn't have to be like it's said in books, kind of like in books and like in the internet, that you have to be, you can scale, you have to be working by yourself, you can hire people. So, so what, I'm, what I'm doing right now, I found a way to scale my freelance business by hiring assistants. And right now I have two assistants that work for me. They're not full-time, they work per hour. I'm trying to also like not to make any commitments right now until I'm sure I want to go into this, but probably by, by the summer, I want to hire at least one full-time assistant that is helping me with, with some of the work. So the way I work with my assistants is I still do all the creative work. I do all the most important work that, and all the creative work, all the work I love doing. And I have my assistant to like help me finish up, finish up the, the style guide, for example. Or when I create a logo and then create a brand, the client approved it. 
Uh, I have my assistant create the guideline book for that. And I have my templates already in place. So, and I, I teach them how to use Figma, how to use Adobe uh, Illustrator in design to put all those together in those templates. So they prepare, for example, this guideline book, they send it to, to the client and they create all those assets, the export, all the assets, create like a logo package, something, you know, all that work that is not so essential for you to do because it's nothing creative in it. You know, there's very little room for mistake, for error here. You know, you've already done all the work. You just need to someone to package it and prepare for the client, clean it up and, and make a nice package. And by doing so, I also like surprise my clients with some extra stuff. Like when I was designing a logo for a client recently, we didn't have in a contract that I would prepare also like a small guideline book for that logo. But I surprised the client with that because I had my, my assistant with some free time to spend and, you know, it didn't cost me that much. The assistant could prepare that book and the client was very happy with, with it, even asked me to design his whole website after that. So, you know, there's little things like that, that I wouldn't be able to afford if I was doing all the work myself. It would cost me too much to do little things like that. So with assistance, I have more flexibility. I can scale it more from here. For people who are listening to us, it sounds like a big commitment to delegate work and to hire out. How did it work out for you? Did you increase your rates so that you can afford hiring someone? Or like, how does it work economically? And what helped you make this jump to managing people at a small scale? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so because I'm not hiring like high-end designers, the cost of that is not that huge. You know, most of them are junior designers, young people who are learning. And I'm also very happy that I can teach them. That was also one of the things when I was looking for my assistant, I opened that only to my email list. I wanted someone from my community, from inside of, uh, who knows me, who, who knows how I work, will be excited to work with me. So I found people only from my email list and you know, most of them are students, junior designers who want to learn and I help them to learn uh, a lot of stuff. So the cost isn't that much. You know, it's more a cost of my time to teach them to show how it all works on this side. So I don't see a huge, it's like a huge expense. And, you know, because I can save so much time on, on some of those projects where I don't have to do all those cleanup work around the, the creative work I do. I can spend more time and like last month I released a product, a new product on my website, a design tool, because I had more time to work on that. Or I ran a free, uh, free live workshop for people where I could also promote my product. So I could do a lot of other stuff that are more interesting to me and I could still like help me grow my business, help create more products. And, you know, by, just by having this more time on my hands. You have uh, quite a few things going on. Just like you mentioned, you have managing your assistants, you have the creative work itself. You do have some design tools and other projects that you release as products and you run workshops. How do you make sure that your time doesn't get like dissolved and disappears? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... And that, that was also one of the things when I was going back to freelancing. I wanted to diversify my income streams more. So not only to focus on doing the client work and like working per projects, but I also found some monthly retainers with companies that provide me like a steady income every month, almost like a salary for me. On top of that, I can work on one client project per month. And if I have any free time left, then I can work on my, on my products, on my own products on, from my, that I sell on my website. 
And the way for me is to not to be overwhelmed with all of it. One of the ways is to having those, again, <laughs> design assistants that, that can help me with a lot of stuff. Like, And I'm not, I think I was more afraid before I started this agency. I was a little afraid to hire people, like outsource. I was, you know, wasn't sure I can do this, if anyone will do you know, like we all think we can do this better ourselves and, you know, it's a waste of time to explain someone how to do this for you. But after running this agency, that's, I'm, I'm very grateful for that, that I did because I learned how to hire people, how to outsource some of that work and how to work with them. And I can see now right now when I need to write a landing page for my product or I need to write even some emails to clients, like I can have someone to write this for me. I can only send a bullet points of what I want to say, and that can save me a lot of times so that I can focus on, on other stuff and work on my products, for example. Let's touch upon one topic that is rather painful for designers who don't work with a developer. I mean, handing off your work and making sure it's implemented right. How do you oversee that? You're one of those designers who doesn't do code, right? Actually, I did code. My background was actually in development. I was, I was, a, I was, right. a, yeah, I was a <laughs> PHP developer because before I became a designer, but I hated coding and I slowly started moving away from code. And right now, I don't touch the code. Only, or maybe I use the code only on my own website when I need to do something. But other than that, I, I try to outsource all the development to other people. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's the tricky part. The good thing about agency and design studio when you have a team is that you know you don't have to explain to the client who will be doing the the work. You know who will be the developer. Is it going to be you, not you? So now, if you are a seller, financer, like most clients assume that you don't do uh, anything else than what you say you do. So. 99% of my clients come to me just for design and they already prepared. They already have developer or development team in their company. So that even takes away all that from me. But if I have a client who wants a full service, then I have a friend who is a good developer who was also my partner in the agency and he left two, three months after me. So he now works solo too and we send clients to each other. So we kind of still work together, just separate entities but i send him development projects from a client's perspective we work as one so the client has one point of contact we don't have to send two proposals the client have doesn't have to send uh, like two to pay two invoices to separate people but still is aware that i'm not doing the development is someone else doing the development so it's, it's good for the client it's good for us so we can work as one in this case Thanks so much for sharing your uh, little bit of behind the scenes on that, because it's always super painful to, not painful, but I guess a lot of hard work to ensure that everything is done right. <laughs> yeah. And when it comes to outsourcing, I think that was your first question, uh, how to work with a developer. When it comes to outsourcing development, I always look for developers who have a very good eye for design. I want to make sure the developer understands all my design decisions and if there is something missing in design you know he can he or she can easily pick it up from there and like finish up in the browser in the code add some responsive stuff and that still looks good i'm happy with some of those solutions so i always look forward for that person do you miss anything at all from the old agency days in <laughs> last year <laughs> 
I mean, from my old agency days, I do miss having a team of different professionals available at like a single touch. For example, I want to have some custom illustration. Here's a great illustrator. I want some icons. Here's an icon designer. So you're an illustrator as well. So I guess that's not as big of a problem. But do you miss any kind of that? at all yeah i think i missed the support i had from my partners so like we you know we we had our daily stand-up calls we could discuss all the struggles all the problems we could help each other if if i had a bad day or you know wasn't or i didn't want to work with, with that or client or you know wasn't sure about some of my decisions so it was great to have someone that could talk to and you know share everything and get the feedback uh, get the support to move us forward that was for sure great to have and that's also one of the things i'm trying to fix right now so i'm trying to stay in touch with, with a couple of friends who are also freelancers like that developer that worked with me in the previous agency we started in 2019 like we're trying to stay in touch share everything about our businesses so have that's sense of support that we had when we were working together in the agency. So we're trying to support each other this way. And I feel like it's very important for us as a solopreneurs, as a solo designers, to have someone that, that you can share with almost everything, like share even the prices you're going to charge with your clients, you know, have someone opinion, you should even work on this client on, the, on this project. And like, you know, all those little things that you know sometimes we don't we can't see ourselves because we are you know have our own subjective opinion on this but someone from the outside can give us you know another look and give us a different perspective and i feel like that's it's very valuable absolutely mastermind groups have been super great for that for me personally and these days I don't do any client work, but having a co-founder, this is really great <laughs> because this is the first time I'm really working on something with someone and Benedict is a fantastic person. So I can't say like, there are different angles to that. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, <laughs> Indeed. It's good that your partners were so supportive. What could help our listeners adopt the right mindset that working solo does not necessarily mean working alone? Like you mentioned that book by Paul Jarvis was sort of inspiring for you in that regard, the company of one. Anything else people can read up on, on the business side of things? Yeah, I think the company of one was more like assurance for me, more than like idea book or like eye-opening. Like I needed that assurance that I had this idea, you know, and a lot of us had have even that we can run our own solo business and we can be very profitable and we can scale it to some sense and be very happy with it. We are just afraid, most of us are afraid that this is not a way to go because that's not how the world, world works, that, you know, everyone is growing and hiring people and like that's some sort of success metric for, for a business. Like I, whenever I met someone and when I was running an agency, the first question was like, how big you are, how many people you hire. Like that was, that was the <laughs> only success metric for me. Like there's no other way to be happy with the business than, than just grow be bigger and, and, you know, and grow and make more money. And I feel like, you know, after once you pass a certain point, you stop looking at the money that much and you start looking at, you know, if you are happy with what you are doing. And so I think, you know, as a solo freelancer, solo designers, we have to be, we have to look more at what makes us happy and make that as a success metric. Am I happy with my business? Will I be happy if I take this client or, you know, will I be happy if I go into the, this monthly retainer with the client? Like not only look for 
not only look at the money, but just, you know, be happy with the business and, you know, do the work that you love doing, do all the creative work that you love doing and find a way to also like redefine what it means for you to have a good business, solo business. And does it mean you want to outsource, like take the part that you don't like doing and try to outsource that or hire someone that works with you, like assistant, you know, that can take all those pain work from you so you can focus on what you love doing. I feel like that's that's the way to go. Yes, focusing on the journey as opposed to the result, be it money or anything else. It's it's key to a lot of things in life. <laughs> so you've got to, it, it doesn't have to be easy, but it has to be rewarding and enjoyable, I guess. Yeah, and if you feel miserable doing the work, like there's no amount of money that will like, you know, make you feel better, to be honest. So yeah, you have to do what's right for you and not what people say it's good, you know, and what everyone thinks is good. If it doesn't work for you, then it's, it's okay. Like, you know, there is, you can be successful without being agency owner, without being a boss, having 20 employees under you, like you can still be very successful. <laughs> and to me, to me, the biggest thing, the eye opening for me was when I, once I left the agency and I announced I'm back solo as a solo designer, one of my friends contacted me that was a contractor for Microsoft and said that Microsoft is looking for, for freelancers to work on some projects and they didn't want to hire. And he said he didn't reach out to me earlier because they didn't want to hire agency or studio they wanted to work they wanted to work only with a with a single person with a freelancer on a project so like you know these things i i was very fortunate and, and lucky to now got a pretty big contract with microsoft and working on some some projects for them like i wouldn't get that working agency so running a, an, an agency so there are you know some trade-offs and you know you never know what's what can happen if you are you know just a solo designer and you are if you are confident and you announce yourself more on the on the social media, you show your work and and be proud of being a freelancer. That's also very important. Like not to be ashamed that you are a small one person business, but be proud of it and and you know teach people how you're doing things, and then you can I think you can find a, a good a good and very happy business for yourself. Awesome. This is so inspiring. Thank you so much for sharing your insights today, Rafael. Sure. Where can people find your work and your teachings online? Yeah, so you can go to my website, rafaltamal.com. That's where I have everything. Uh, you can go, you can see my course. I have a typography course right now. And I'm working on a full web design course showing how to design a website in Figma. I also have some design tools for designers. I created, those are like templates for, uh, there's a quick frames, which is like a wireframing, is like a sitemap and user flowing template for Sketch and Figma. And I have design kit, which is like a design wireframe, the whole kit that you can use to design websites. And it's only for Figma. It's more powerful. It's using auto layout feature in Figma. So everything, you know, we can create quick layouts, quick wireframes, everything stacks like it does in CSS in the browser. Like, so we can speed up your work. Also another thing, uh, like what I was trying to change in my financing, just instead of looking for a way to only rise my prices and, and get more clients and bigger clients, I also look for ways to optimize my work process and, and just do my work faster. So this design kit is one of those results of, of those changes. I use it on, you know, in every of my projects and saved me a lot of time so I can spend less time doing the client work. I can spend more time do, working on other products. 
This is so true, because if you are a specialized designer, then you have, let's say, a web application and you get started with every single web application with the same kind of menus and things which which you further customize to fit into a project, right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of room in our work where we can automate and, and optimize. Like right now I have templates for almost, almost everything, for for logo design, for uh, those, those guideline books, for style guides. And it can save you a lot of times that you don't have to redo the work for every project. And the client doesn't really care if you have a custom design style guide for the project. It's not something they, they're going to show today to, you know, on the front end of their company. It's just internal things. So they don't care if it's a custom or is it a template that you used and fill it out with the information for this project. So, so I, feel, I feel like having templates on every step of your work, also finding a way to systemize your work, breaking down into steps. So every project you start at the same, with the same thing, with the same step, and you move, you have the same process. It's very important as well that can help you, you know, stay on track, find a, even help you find a ways where you can, where you spend most of your time and how you can optimize it as well. Definitely so. Well, thanks again, Rafael, for joining us today. And I hope you succeed in this recession and it looks like you're doing just fine. So I hope it stays this way. Yeah, thank you. I'm sure we'll be fine. We will get through this together. Yeah, thanks again and have a great day. Thank you. Bye. And here is another product featured in our Help Founders section. Hugo provides centralized, searchable meeting notes for your team. It connects with tools like Zoom, Slack, Zendesk, and HubSpot, and it's free for up to 40 users. Head over to hugo.team to learn more. If you'd like your product to be featured for free on multiple awesome shows, welcome to apply at helpfounders.com. <laughs>